Hello, and welcome to the Dreams of Soros podcast. Meditations and rituals on living an intuitive, creative life. Art is healing and a haven for the soul. In this podcast, I hope you get to rest and come home to yourself, your intuition, and your creative spirit. In here, we explore intuitive art, creativity, and grounded spirituality. With soothing music and sound medicine to help you access your inner being within. I'm your host, Megan, an intuitive painter, creative director, and mystic, working with art, creativity, and trauma-informed somatic modalities. So let's dive into today's episode. Discovering this aspect of my human design of learning that I'm a quadrite has been deeply impactful. A lot of people who know about their human design would know about their type, their strategy and authority, as well as their profile numbers, which are already huge in getting to know our own energetics and how we're energetically designed. But one of the lesser known parts of human design are the variables the four arrows above your human design. And if four of your arrows are facing right, you are what the human design system calls a quadrite. I want to explore this topic for fellow quadrites out there because the way we're naturally wired is so different to how this world operates right now and it's fascinating to explore. I first discovered Nina through my searches on being a quadrite eventually finding her YouTube channel and her Instagram account and feeling an immediate resonance to her messages, her insights, her stories on deconditioning as a quadrite. This topic is very fascinating because the way we are designed as quadrites runs counter to how the world is currently designed right now and how we've been brought up or how we've been conditioned in this society. Nina Elise is an author, artist, musician, and human design specialist. She first discovered human design in 2019 and has been deeply studying and experimenting with the system ever since. It has brought profound shifts in her life, bringing a deeper sense of self-acceptance and peace as well as expanded self-awareness. As an emotional quadrat manifester on the right angle cross of consciousness, she's here to have an impact on others and expand the collective consciousness through her receptivity, doing things in new ways, and sharing her experiences. You can find her on nina-elise.com and her socials on the podcast show notes below. So welcome to the Dreams of Source podcast, Nina. Hi, Megan. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I was so excited when you reached out to me. It's always 
really incredible to connect with other quad rights and see what they're up to and how they're operating in the world. Uh, there really is not a lot of information out there for quad rights or anyone who has all right facing variables in the human design system. I really love that I've been able to observe and watch you and the creation of your art and seeing how your receptivity has been infused in the way that you live your life in flow and the way that you create your paintings. It's been really beautiful to watch. I'm really excited to have a conversation with you about what it really means to be receptive and to be in flow. And it's really amazing that we're able to come together and to explore and just see what gets pulled out of us. To be a quad right means to be in flow, to be connected with this underlying tapestry of life that most people are not able to see. And it's basically what you would think the opposite of being very strategic and planning and scheduling and making lists and, you know, the way the world kind of runs today. Quad right basically just means operating in the exact opposite way. We're just we're going with the flow. We're picking up on underlying frequencies and what's going on in our environment. And we're tapping into almost like this other dimension before we're making decisions. So instead of allowing the mind to tell us to go here or to go do something else because this is what we've been conditioned to do or it's the, the right thing to do, quote unquote, we're actually tapping more into this intuitive aspect and we're picking up on how everything is interconnected. So when we are really flowing and tapping into our receptivity and really living in that state, then everything just flows. We don't have to force anything. We, we actually really don't have to do anything until we feel like it is the correct or like most in line thing to do. To me, to be a quad right means to live in a very magical, very magical place. My relationship with planning has always been just go, go, go and planning out literally months in advance. For example, in my 20s, I would print out a calendar and it would have an inspirational quote on it and say, this is what my goal is. And then I would have planned out every single day. This is what I'm doing. I'm, you know, I used to do personal training and then I would take on a couple of projects and then I would have my workout scheduled. And that was like, boom, boom, boom. Everything was like planned out for me. So I knew what to expect. I could be fully in control of everything. I have gone through quite a journey to not be in such a, a heavily planning state. To decondition from that required a lot of surrendering where a lot of things broke down in my life and in time periods where I wasn't working. And so I was able to actually experience being more in flow and uh, what it means to actually not have to get up and do things. And the mind can really fight that because it's like, oh, well, we have to make money or we have to be productive or coming from my open heart, it's like I have to prove myself. It's been, I would say, the last five to 10 years, I've really been aware of this, even before I knew about human design. And 
It's been a steady shifting of back and forth. It's something I still oscillate from. I do have clients and I do need to operate with a schedule. So I do know when to show up, what to give my energy to. So it's not that I'm just constantly in flow all the time. I do plan less. I'm not like, oh, this is my five-year goal from now. It's more of, hey, these are really beautiful, incredible ideas that I have. And when I feel the moment is cracked and ready, then I will act on those because it's in flow and I want to work on those. There are definitely days where I wake up and I'm meditating and I'm journaling and one thing just flows into the next and it's almost as if time doesn't exist. For any other quad rights out there who really struggle with that and they're still making uh, lists and, and schedules and all of that, like I think it's it's perfectly normal. Like we we operate in a world that it's required because time exists and we have commitments. And as you go through your deconditioning journey, it's just something that's naturally going to shift for you. There's going to be an ebb and flow until you're like really, really reach that point where it's not really necessary. My relationship with planning now is I don't really look at my week and what I have going on until the day before. And so I do have like a loose schedule of my week, but I'm not very much like I have to be here at this time. It's more like, oh, this will get canceled. Okay. And I'll move a couple of appointments around and it's less of an attachment and rigidness and it's more of a softness and a flow of the fluidity of my week and how I can shift and change because it does. <laughs> when I'm in flow, my days actually don't have anything planned. These are typically my weekend days or days that I don't have meetings with clients and those are my most favorite days. I wake up and I don't have an agenda. It's almost as if just, you know, something within me is just like, we're going to go do this next. And it's just like, I don't know what's going to happen until I take the first step forward and the next step and the next step. Everything is a surprise, but there's this softness and this gentleness to it because there's no pressure to be anywhere. There's no pressure to do anything. And I'm just doing it purely because I'm tapped into something. Maybe it's my higher self but it's just something that's greater than me or whatever you want to call it or however you want to define it. It's just being tapped into that flow. It kind of just guides me and I'll think about, hmm, what feels really good in this moment? That's what guides me to go skateboarding or go to the beach. It just is really dependent on how relaxed I am because relaxation is really, really important as a quad right because if you are not in a relaxed state, you're not going to have full access to being in a receptive state to know what to do next or how to be in flow. When I have those days where I'm in flow, I am recording videos and I am doing things for my business that feel more natural and I also feel like there's more impact in the frequency of my voice and what I'm saying and what I'm sharing as well. So those are definitely my my favorite days to, to put content out and to share what's on my mind. And I also want to add that since I am a manifester, this does ebb and flow. There are weeks or months where I'm just like, I'm putting out 
so much stuff or I'm creating and I just feel like I want to go work on a project and that be like my main thing that I work on. And then I've gone through huge, huge rest cycles where I'm really just not doing anything. I can be in, in flow in, in both of those states in an active state as a manifester where I'm bringing something to life and initiating something and then also being in a receptive state. And I really believe it has everything to do with how relaxed you are without trying to attach anything to, to any outcome. That is how I approach my days. If I'm feeling like I'm really overwhelmed or I have a lot of stuff going on, I'll just take a pause and I'll breathe and I'll tap into this underlying tapestry that's like much more natural and flowing versus force. As quad rights, we're, we're taking in information that other people are not taking in if they were, you know, say left-brained or had a lot of left-facing arrows. And what I, what I mean when I say taking in information, it's not just, oh, I'm listening and taking in the words of something and I'm remembering it or memorizing it. I'm literally taking in these underlying frequencies of every single person that I'm around in the environment that I'm in, in the culture that I'm in, in even the country that I'm in, it, it's, you're taking in literally everything around you and you're taking that in on a, on a subconscious level. You're taking in the energy of a person and the frequency of a person and the frequency of their voice and the tone of their voice. You're taking in the, the Baraka, like the spirit of a person. And so it's, actually a very intimate experience to be a quad right. You are communing very deeply with every single person and environment that you were in and you are taking all of that information in and you are absorbing it and keeping it in within yourself until someone comes and pulls that out of you. But I feel like that's why there's such a richness and such a dense quality and like multi-dimensionalness to quad rights because all of that is in every single one of our words that we're speaking. It's in everything that we are sharing. It's really not possible for us to be efficient. It actually shuts down our ability to function and the health of our body and how we're operating in our day-to-day -day activities if we're constantly focusing. It's actually really not healthy for us to take in information that way. So that is how I have been raised my entire life is to be strategic and to focus and memorize and take in information. And while that is helpful at some points for me, it's not the best way for me personally to take in information. And there's been a lot of deconditioning around this because you see people who can sit and they can just memorize things and they're good to go. And they can, you know, spit back a book that they just read. And I'm like, wait, I just forgot what I just read. I think that there's this process of like, when you really start to relax and you start to accept and understand what it means to be a quad right, you are taking in information and you want to take it in over time. You're not just absorbing the words of something, you're taking in the energy and the frequency of it. 
And so there's a time that needs, that information needs to be integrated. And for me, repetition is actually really, really helpful as a quad race. If I'm reading something or listening to something, or like if, you know, I'm learning Spanish, I'm learning another language, in order for me to truly understand something, I'm, I'm having to listen to something over and over again instead of just sitting down and memorizing and looking at note cards. To me, there might be like a longer time period of learning things so that I can show up and operate in this 3D world in the way that other people can. And that's actually something that I've had to really come to terms with and be okay with to find more relaxed ways to take in information. And that is really simply like, you know, going for a walk and listening to audios or cleaning my car and listening to music and repeating something over and over again without an expectation of having to memorize something. To be a receptive person just means to be able to receive and to be open and responsive to ideas and concepts and frequencies and energies that other people may not necessarily have access to or have an awareness of. To be receptive means to have this incredible superpower of expanded awareness that I don't believe can really be communicated in words. It's, it's almost like this other dimension or this other magical world that we have the ability to operate in and it's like tearing down so many veils to this three-dimensional world and having access to that. Even though we may not necessarily be consciously aware that we have access to that, it's something that lives within us because of the amount of information that we are constantly taking in from our environment and the frequencies that we are taking in. When we allow for all of that information to integrate, our superpower is being able to connect all of these different frequencies and ideas that we have been absorbed in and that we have taken in and to be able to move and speak from that place of awareness and connectedness. The superpower of a quad right is really having this incredible amount of depth that is almost never ending because there's always something underlying that we can pick up in the environment around us and the people around us and the experiences that we have that's constantly going to to shape us. And what I think is really beautiful as a quad right is that the people that we are around, they're always going to be very reflective of whether they are healthy for us or not, depending on what they pull out of us. Definitely something to be aware of as kind of like a superpower because we can sense and we can tell like who are the healthiest people to be around. So if there are a lot of surprising things being pulled out of us that are very deep and very insightful, like those are very helpful, healthy people for us to be around. And we have this ability to be able to share it in a way that's new and that's very impactful. There are a lot of different superpowers that quad rights have that I think are not 
necessarily explored. And I think the more that we go through our deconditioning journey, more of those superpowers are unlocked in the sense that we're actually, we have access to those parts of ourselves again because we're not running from the mind. This deep well that quadrites have is, I would compare it, I guess, to the internet. <laughs> it's basically like this unlimited place that we have access to anything. And that well expands and continues to expand the more information that is uploaded to it. We're going out and having experiences and we're in different environments and we're around different people. We're intaking that information and and not just taking in information, we're taking in the frequency and the life force and the, the energy and the memories of different places and cultures. And that is being imprinted on us on a cellular level. We are carrying that energy around us. We are this well of information that is never ending in its ability to expand. Really difficult to kind of wrap your mind around it. When people talk about quad rights being this deep well, we are and we have all of this information inside of us. And <laughs> the funny part of it is that we don't necessarily always have access to it because it's within us. But when we are around different people, that information can be pulled out, out of us in a multitude of different ways, depending on who that person is. But at the same time, this deep well, it is something that what we do have access to 24 seven is the information that is living within us. And that is being carried out through the frequency and the energy of the words that we are putting out and we are sharing with people. It's incredibly important for quadrites to be aware of who they are spending time with. With life, we can't just hermit and seclude ourselves from other people. But I feel like as you go through your deconditioning journey, you begin to spend less time around certain people, especially large crowds of people, because it can feel very overwhelming energetically to us because we're taking in a lot of information that may not actually be helpful or healthy for us. It's important to be discerning of who we surround ourselves with because people can pull information from us from our deep well. And if you are finding that the quality of your conversations have a lower level of consciousness being pulled out or being talked about with with others, then you're going to know that it's probably not the best person to be hanging out with. And just be an observer, honestly, like there's there's no judgment here. It really is just who are the type of people that you hang out with? What information are they drawing out of you? What types of conversations are you having with them? Do those feel good? Are these helping you grow or expand or does this feel in flow? And if the answer is no to that, then you know that that person is just not correct for you. The quality of conversation that is being had between you and the other person is very reflective of that person because they were drawing that out of you as well. 
And I've definitely had a lot of relationships that I've really stepped back from because you know, I've been around people who were drinking a lot and just the things that they were talking about, I felt like were not coming from a, an aware state, just not very loving and just very harmful or hurtful or, you know, speaking poorly of other people and, you know, just, just things like that where what they were putting their focus and their intention on just did not feel very good for me. And I just was like, okay, this the things that were coming out of my mouth and how I was participating in that conversation, it was kind of shocking to me because I was like, I don't speak like this. Like, where is this coming from? Again, just observing it and being like, wow, this, it really is important to be aware of who I'm spending my time around with. And that can be a very hard thing to come to terms with, especially with people that you may be close with or people that you've known for a really long time. But at the end of the day, it's it's your life and you get to decide what kind of experience you want to have. So when I'm around people who are not right for my deep well or just, you know, have access to, to parts of me that I feel like are very high quality, those conversations tend to be very surfacey and not in flow. So if you've ever been in situations where maybe you first meet someone and you're just like asking questions like, hey, how are you? Or tell me a little bit about yourself. And it feels very awkward and stiff. When I'm around people like that and it's just not feeling in flow and it's almost like you're trying to force the conversation, that's one indicator that that's not a person that I'm just not meant to connect with and they're just not able to pull things from my well. And then also second, people who are pulling conversations or pulling information out of me that I don't feel like are high quality. And so an example of that would be I'm in a conversation with somebody and they start talking about something that doesn't feel good to me that doesn't feel high frequency or one of love or just anything that really matches my values and then I start to notice that I am matching what they are saying that doesn't feel good for me and so when I am around people who I'm gonna say like correct or right for me but like those people I can just have conversations with for hours like it's just in flow there's absolutely no expectations and the types of conversations that we have are very exploratory they're very open-minded we talk about things that I have actually never really spoken about with anyone and if you go on my YouTube, you can see I have conversations with Tom Pfeiffer, who is also a quad right. And you can see some of snippets of what comes up in our conversations. And it's very unique and it's very different than anything I've seen out there. And I actually have a lot of friends that are quad rights. And the experience is very different with these people. There's, there's no expectations. There's no push or pull. There's just, it just is. You come and you talk and you're in flow and then you leave. It's very beautiful to experience and the more that you go through your deconditioning process, the more these relationships and these experiences with the, the correct people who can really pull from your well, the more that you will be able to identify those types of people or relationships.
Uh, I'm sure most people are aware of how to manifest and the science behind it and programming your, your brain to do things. And those are definitely things that I still dabble in and experiment with. But before my deconditioning journey, the way that I would try to manifest would be like, I'm going to put up this vision board on the wall and I'm going to meditate on this every single day. I'm going to put my direct attention on this and this is how it's going to be. And it has to turn out exactly like this way. As I've gone through my deconditioning journey, it's been less about the attachment of what I think that I want because I realized what I was trying to manifest was based on a lot of not self things of, oh, well, I want to have X amount of followers on social media to prove my worth because my open heart needs that validation. You know, I was trying to manifest by doing and putting things in action. And then my open route was like, you need to go do this. And there's this pressure to make all these lists and be organized and have this be structured in this way and do, do, do. And which was further promoted by my open spleen with these, these fears of like not amounting to things or not feeling safe. And just, just all like, there were so many parts of where I was so deeply conditioned and that was the space that I was manifesting from that feeling of insecurity of not feeling safe and not really being rooted and grounded with myself and being able to fully trust myself and surrender into the actual the natural flow of who I am and who I came to like be and this character that I came to experience in this lifetime and so now my my manifesting and I say that very loosely is it's actually a combination of things from the past but there's actually it's much more intentional it's more rooted in my values it's more rooted in a place of mindfulness and awareness with also an openness of it shifting and changing because for me it's all about just experiencing life following what makes me feel joyful and how I can be of service to to other people but without pushing anything or forcing anything and being open to that goal or that vision to shifting and changing in a multitude of ways. I still do have my goals and things that I work towards and I do create routines for myself that I ebb and flow in and out of but the difference now is I'm not hard on myself because I'm not sticking to this rigid routine and if I have a thought that's not in alignment with my goals okay let's go down this path and see see what happens and I'm noticing that what I manifest is incredibly beautiful and it just comes in its own timing and it just comes from a very safe and receptive place versus like a force of like, yeah, I just climbed this mountain and I did everything I could to manifest this versus coming from a receptive place of manifestation. It's like, wow, like it's so cool how I could just be and I could relax and this just shows up for me. And that's how it actually happens for, for me sometimes. This is actually a, a concept that Tom Piper introduced to me a while back. And if, if anyone is not familiar with Tom Pfeiffer, we have a lot of conversations on my YouTube channel together. He was actually the audio man for Raw. So he recorded all of Raw's talks. <laughs> and Tom is a quadrite as well. So if you can really think about what that really truly means is you have a quadrite who is taking in the information and the frequency from Ra, who 
you know, was directly connected with the source of the human design materials. And this is something that I've had a lot of conversations with him about. And I know that a lot of people are, they kind of reject this idea of quad rights being a fifth type because it's not explicitly explored and there's not like a ton of material from raw explicitly stating quad rights are a fifth type. So people automatically reject it. For me, it's just an idea to explore. It's just me looking at the other types. And I kind of look at quad rights as having similar traits to all the different types. As a quad right, we're similar to the reflector where we're taking information in and we're taking it in almost like tapas and we're tasting it and we're seeing what we want to do with it. And then we're like the manifester where we're going to just be with the flow and we're going to go initiate and we're going to go do things because it's in flow for us. And then we're like the generators because we're going to be in flow and we're going to see something and we're going to respond to it. And we're like the projectors where we have this well of information and it can be pulled out of us and we can be here to guide other people as well. And we need to be sometimes invited in to share these things with other people. These are just like a very tip of the iceberg examples that I'm providing in the moment. To me, I don't like, I definitely follow like my strategy and authority as best that I can as a manifester. And I definitely resonate with being a manifester, but there are things that I have really come across in my own experimentation that I'm like, wow, like I'm really feeling like a generator in this moment. And I check back and I go through like, where am I, I might be conditioned in, in this center or where I might have these underlying things. But at the end of the day, I'm like, this just intuitively feels natural for me to respond or to, to behave in this certain way or to just wait. And that seems very counterintuitive, especially as a, a manifester to wait. But a lot of times I am waiting to respond to something. I am waiting for an invitation because something is not in flow for me. And when I'm really tapped into the receptiveness of me and like my beingness and having that awareness, I feel like that I have the ability to tap into and experience these different aspects of different types. To me, it's not about like, oh, I'm creating a fifth type and quadrites are the fifth type. Like, it's just an idea to explore, to see how we are different and how we are so multi-dimensional in so many different ways. I think that we can really limit ourselves and put ourselves in boxes or some people can take things very, very literal with the, the information that is provided to us from the human design system. And this is just another way that we can show that we don't have to be limited by these things. So strategizing can actually really just go against the natural flow of things. And to me, when you're strategizing, you're stopping to focus and you're stopping to look at all things from one single mental plane. And not that that's a bad thing, but because you are focused, you're 
as a quad right, you are cutting off your ability to tap into a lot of underlying information and frequencies that you have access to. And so I think that's why strategizing can be something that quad rights, I don't wanna say shouldn't or couldn't do, or they're not able to do because, I mean, I definitely still strategize. It's something I oscillate back and forth between strategizing and not strategizing. There's a lot of deep, deep conditioning there, but instead of sitting down and focusing and saying, this is what we need to do and this is how I'm going to do it, it's almost like we just sit back and we're the observer of what comes up and then the right things will come up out of us at the right time so that we don't have to plan or focus or figure things out because things are already connected and in flow within us. And when we really truly trust that and we live our lives in that way, then what someone might sit and strategize about, that's something that will naturally happen for us without us even trying or doing it in the way that they do. So we just have a different way of strategizing. And a lot of that is just sitting back and observing and allowing things to unfold in its own natural timing without force. I'm not going to lie and say that I don't strategize because there are definitely moments where I do and I I get caught up in uh, the conditioning and, and what other people are doing and it's obviously my journey and I have absolutely no shame or guilt around it because for me it's just a big experiment. The more that I observe myself doing things, the more that I see how I feel when I strategize and then I provide that contrast where I'm not Um, strategizing and I can see how life works out for me in that way and how things unfold. So for me right now, I'm just in this, again, this huge experiment. I'm, you know, three or four years into this, this deconditioning experiment and I'm just constantly learning about myself and I'm like hungry to learn. And so to me, there's no failing or saying I'm not going to strategize or I'm not going to do this. It's more of like, oh, I'm becoming aware of how much I was strategizing. Let's observe this and observe this in my behaviors and see an experiment with how this feels not strategizing versus how I am when I'm, you know, just sitting back and being in the flow and seeing how that affects my life and seeing what pops up and then also see what other factors come up that maybe not self from my open centers that are still coming up for me to look at and to become aware of as well. And so there's, it's almost like being a kid, you give yourself a lot of grace <laughs> when, you're, when you're going through your deconditioning. As far as like with my work as you know, a human design specialist, when I'm working with my clients, I'm actually experimenting with not having like a defined way of how I lead or how I guide. It's more of like, okay, I have their information and I'm gonna pull all this information and I'm gonna see how it's connected based on what their intentions and their goals are. And then I'll meet with them and I'm picking up on underlying frequencies and themes there. And then from there, in that moment, I know how to move forward. So that's actually becoming more in flow for me. That's very natural and intuitive and is less of a strategy enforcing things. And also just because my intention is not coming from a place of fear or scarcity like it was in my 20s when I was like, well, I need to make money and I need to do this versus now when it's like I'm doing these readings or I'm working with people, it's not about the money at all. And it's more so about 
how can I be of service to them by fully being tapped into myself and being the best version of myself and being in flow, especially as a quad right. This is also how I've approached being like teaching yoga classes and just showing up and saying, okay, I'm going to read the energy of the room and I'm going to pick up and see what intuitively feels right for me, knowing that I have a well of information of all the years that I've taught yoga. And even with my art and my music and everything that I'm just naturally creating, those are things that actually come in flow. And so it's not like every single day I'm going to sit down for two hours and I'm going to paint and this is what I have on my to-do list or my own schedule. It's more of like, oh, I think I'm going to paint today or, oh, I really feel like playing the guitar or I'll hear a song that I like and I'll be like, wow, I really want to learn that. So that to me is like being more in flow and trusting that the correct things are coming into my awareness for me to bring into and create in this 3D reality, whether that's new music or a new song or learning a new song, but putting my own twist and using my own voice with that. And then also with the creation of my art, like that's something that has been really beautiful for me is not being like, I'm going to sit down and create art and I'm going to look at this picture and I'm going to draw this picture. It's more like huh, I have this idea of all these different things that I've seen and I'm just going to buy something and I'm just going to start, you know, play around with this tool or this paint or whatever. And it's, I have no expectation of how it's going to turn out. And then it ends up being like this spectacular, like masterpiece. And I'm like, wow, like, where did that come from? I had, had no idea this is what I was going to paint or what I was going to draw. And so it's been a beautiful unfolding of taking away the strategizing and saying, this is what other people are doing and just allowing what comes up out of me and then trusting that. I think it's really important for quad rights to decondition and align with our design now because Raw talks about how the background frequency is shifting and we're moving from the cross of planning to the cross of the sleeping phoenix. These are very different frequencies. We're moving to a six line background frequency and this is very different than how we've been operating. As quad rights, we are these bridges. We're here to show other people how this new frequency is and this new way of being actually is. It's very different than this planning from the structured way of living. For me, it's really ultimately being of service to others and helping them become more tapped in and aligned with who they are being able to show them that there is a world outside of this three dimension. And I really feel that we have access to these other dimensions and these other frequencies. When we're deconditioning, we're learning and we're growing and we're figuring out what that really means. So as things shift collectively and on the background frequency shifts and everything's changing, People are going to be moving from this mindset of being in fear or needing to control or plan, and they're going to be confused because they're not going to know that there's another way. As quad rights, when we embody this way of being in flow and being very receptive, 
we can show other people, not just tell them, we can actually show them like, this is how it actually works. And we're living proof because we've deconditioned and we've allowed ourselves to step into this flow state that's very peaceful and it's very much very intuitive and it's very tapped in. And other people can see that and they can see that it's actually possible. And when people can see that it's possible, then they believe that it can be possible for themselves as well. It's so important for quad rights to be conditioned right now. And I mean, no one really knows what's going to happen with changes going on in the planet. You know, Ra has talked about this and the raves coming in and all of those things, but we're really not going to know until it actually happens. But I think that this definitely is a ramping up or like the things that have been shifting and changing the last five, 10 years is just, it's showing us that things are shifting and changing and things aren't working and what worked before is no longer working. And we're here to help with that transition. The way that we are operating collectively right now, I feel like is very mind driven. It's coming from a place of conditioning, very deep conditioning that we're becoming more and more aware of. And we're realizing that it's actually cutting off our connection to our intuition, to, to these other dimensions that we're not able to see in this 3D world, but is actually out there. The current left world is very much like we're going to do something on the schedule and we're going to plan things and we're going to do it from a mental state because X plus X equals 2X. There's logic behind it. And where we're going, there isn't logic from the mental plane. I mean, there definitely is and we can try to piece things together. But this is more of like a softening and deepening into like another layer or another dimension to step into. It might seem like this like magical place that doesn't seem realistic, but when in alignment and we're deconditioned and we've worked through our traumas and our not self and our and our conditioning, we would be operating on a much higher frequency where we are literally picking up on the frequencies of other people and what they're doing. And so it's not like, oh, hey, I'm going to make this call at this time to this person. That person's name is just going to pop into your mind and you're going to be like, oh, I'm going to call this person. And then they're going to pick up the phone and they're going to be like, wow, I was just thinking about you. Or you're going to call them at a time that they need it the most and they don't realize it. And maybe that's like, oh, I have you, your name popped into my mind and I want to start this business. And the other person's like, great. And it's this cohesive, like in flow business or this business that's born from being in flow instead of trying to be forced from a strategic perspective because you're coming from the place of the mind that's like we need to do this in order to make money or you're operating from this conditioning of I need to do or I need to prove myself or I'm afraid of X, Y, or Z and insecurities and things that are underlying that are what's really forcing or causing people to operate from the mind and try to control and plan and strategize everything here. And I'm not saying that's going to completely go away. It's going to be cohesive in the way that we work in the, in the future. 
Being a quad right manifester, it does impact how I share and how I initiate. Doesn't mean it's better or worse than someone who is a quad left manifester and how they they do things and how they initiate and, and have impact on others. There's again, there's no there's no right or wrong. It's just in how things are done. And so there's definitely a difference in quad left manifestors in the human design space that I have observed and or are mostly left facing and how they structure their business and how they've openly spoken about how they structure their business when they get their urges and putting together their team and like doing it this like in this very strategic way where they build out content for the following six months and it's very much in alignment with this cross of planning that we're on and the way that businesses run and how things are structured. I've definitely felt envy in that, in, in watching that in some sense, because I have definitely tried to do that in the past and I feel like it really actually takes away from my impact and really, really drains my energy, quite honestly, as a quad right. When I'm singly focused on saying I have this urge and I'm going to go initiate and I'm going to go do it, instead of being focused on that and creating a plan for the next couple months, six months, like I can loosely create something. But if, if that is how I ran my business, I feel like there would be less impact and I would get burnout much, much faster than say like a quad left manifester would. So the way that I operate and the way that I get my urges as a quad right manifester is I get them and they come in and when I'm emotionally clear that this is something that is correct for me and I want to move forward with it, I work on it and I work on it right then and there. To me, it's about like, this is something that needs to get put out in this moment and that's what feels correct for me and being in flow versus like a quad left who might get an urge and they're like, okay, this is the step-by-step process and how I'm going to execute this. To me, there's not really that structure to it when I'm in flow and I find that those videos that... I record for YouTube, those are my most popular ones where I'm in flow and I record and I edit and I just post without any plan or whatever. Like I do plan my videos out so I'm not just throwing them all out in one day when I record and edit them. So I do it from that perspective, but when I try to do things really, really far out, I find that I end up getting burnout. So that's the difference that I've noticed between being a left manifester versus a right manifester. Intuition is something that I have been learning to really tap into. Recently, just in the last few years, it was something that I felt like I would get connected to here and there when I would be in deep meditations and I didn't really know how to trust it. And then it's been something that slowly I've been able to tap into over time as I've deconditioned and I've learned how to trust myself. And so the ways that I I do that nowadays, I really, I do have a direct connection to my intuition and like what comes up for me and really learning how to trust that. And sometimes it's just like this little voice that pops up that says like, hey, you should do this now. Or, hey, this is actually what feels in alignment or this feels off. I do that by taking pauses throughout the day. And when I'm feeling really 
like jazzed up or like really tense, then I'll just stop and take a pause and I'll relax my entire body. I notice that like my my abdominal muscles get really tense. That's when I know that I'm not like in flow or I'm not really listening or tapped into my intuition that can come through, especially on those days where I might be more tapped into my client work and I'm being more strategic and I'm less connected to that. One of my favorite things to do is to walk to the beach and on my walk to the beach, I, I touch a lot of plants and that might sound really, really odd, but for someone who has an open spleen, touching plants is like so regenerative for me. And it's almost like it drains out all of like the muck, the static in my mind and my body. It's like almost like it breathes life into me, just like touching a plant. And then when I walk to the beach and put my feet in the sand or I put my feet in the water of the ocean, it's like regrounding for me to get back into my body. And so this is like very healing for me when I feel very disconnected and then I can just sit there and where I could lay down, it doesn't matter. I don't have to like be sitting in like a meditative position where my legs are crossed and my eyes are closed. I can just connect and like listen to my intuition and what it's saying to me. And so that's a really great way for me to open up that channel when I feel like it's gotten kind of like staticky or I've been consuming a lot of information all day. It kind of clears all of that out so I have that clearer connection. Creativity to me is being really connected to myself and tapping into my inner child and allowing myself to explore different and new places. For most of my life, I felt very suppressed and didn't think that I was creative at all. It was something like this belief system that I had about myself. and. This past year, I stumbled upon a book called The Artist's Way. It completely changed my relationship with creativity and really helped remove any limitations that I had towards being a creative person and what that really meant. It's a series of journals and prompts. Basically, you do these morning pages where you allow yourself to write nonstop and then you can see like where your blocks are and there's writing prompts and then there's exercises you can do in your life where it's like go buy the paint brushes and go paint and remove any judgment towards you know what you're you're creating or go go take yourself out on an artist date once a week where you just go flow and you go do things with yourself and sometimes that's me going and getting an ice cream cone <laughs> at night at um, in downtown and then going for a walk on the beach and just staring up at the sky and watching the stars while laying on the beach. When I'm able to create those spaces for myself, it removes blocks or limitations that I have to being in flow and being in touch with that creativity or that creative aspect of myself. Me saying that I am creative and that I am a creative being now. If you had asked me this a year ago, I would not have said that to you at all <laughs> because there were so much, there were so many blocks that I was not able to tap into that. And I did not believe that about myself, just taking small actions. And so again, that was like just buying canvases and buying paintbrushes and buying paints and not knowing what the heck I was doing and just allowing myself to paint 
with no judgment of what it was or how it would turn out and not having to share it with anyone. Just learning how to love what is coming out of me. And I've explored this through playing my guitar and creating new music and learning how to tone my voice and working with a vocal coach who's actually helping me to tone my vocal cords so that my voice is shifting and changing even more. For me, creativity is actually getting out of your comfort zone and doing things that are seemingly uncomfortable because they're breaking through any limiting belief systems that you might have about being creative. And I think that this is very reflective of me tapping into my quad rightness because it's allowing me to be more receptive and in flow and trusting that open channel of creativity and being able to explore that and express us in this 3D world. Yeah, so my move to Mexico was not planned at all. I mean, ahead of time it was, but basically it, be it came out of me being let go of my job. And there was an idea of like, oh, what if I took a week or two off before I got back into work and traveled around for a little bit. As I was doing my job searching and as I was exploring working, it just felt very heavy to me. I would ask myself like, oh, well, what if I took maybe a month off? And then it became, oh, maybe two months. And then it became, well, why don't I just give this to myself right now? Because I have enough money to travel. And what if I just took the sleep and just bought a one-way ticket and just saw what happened? And I think I was just ready at that point in my life because I had let go of so many big things in my life and my job was kind of like the last heavy thing I'd been holding on to and I think I, my soul was just ready to do something different. When I bought my one-way ticket to Mexico, I was like, yeah, I researched into all these things before I went there and I had a loose idea of like where I would travel to, but I just knew that I was going to show up at one place and I didn't have a defined set. I'm going to stay here for two months and then I'm going to go here and stay here for a month. It was like, I'm going to go here and when I feel like it's time to leave, I'm going to trust that and I'm going to go to the next place. And so that was actually a really beautiful part of really leaning into my receptivity and learning how to trust myself and being in flow, especially being in another country. I landed in Tulum and I ended up being there for a couple weeks or a month and it was such an incredible experience. That is when I feel like I really began to decondition a lot as far as like being a quad right because I wasn't working at the time. I would wake up every day and say, okay, well, what do I want to do today? What do I want to explore? And I would find something and I would say, okay, I'm going to go here today or I'm going to go take this yoga class today and I would meet somebody or and then they would invite me to an event and I would go there and I would meet somebody else and they'd say, oh, this is going on. And then I would just show up at that event because it just felt in flow and I had nowhere else to be. For the most of the time, it was just like, I was tapped into this other like flow of life that I had blocked myself from because I had a set schedule of things to do. It was very magical, quite honestly. And it really taught me how being a quad right is like a, basically living a life of constant synchronistic events. <laughs> like, and I feel like I really experienced life in that sense when I was in Mexico. It's something I experience 
now that I'm back in the U.S., definitely not as often because there is more structure to my life here and um, I am working now, but it did give me a taste to explore. So I almost went from like one end of the spectrum to working a full-time job to nothing to show me that contrast and like the beauty of what it really means to be in flow and to be a quad right. And so during that time, it was like, I got to sleep, I got to rest, my body got to recover, I got to heal. I got to meet incredible and human beings. I got to develop deeper trust in myself because I would be around people that actually weren't healthy for me or weren't drawing really great things from my well. And then when I was going from city to city, I would I would pick up and say, okay, like I'm here, but I'm feeling like it's time to leave. And then I would go to the next place. And so that was kind of like how I flowed and went from place to place. So having those experiences really cemented in me cellularly what it really means to truly be in flow. And I'm okay with like not necessarily being in that space all the time because intuitively I feel like there are things that I'm doing right now that I need to learn and continue to grow in the path and the journey that I'm on. But I do know that that is a place that I'm going to continue to oscillate and step into. So going on this Vipassana meditation retreat, it was actually something I did at home by myself uh, where I wasn't speaking, reading, consuming anything. I was allowed to meditate and do yoga and go for walks. Those are the rules that I set for myself. And I also juiced and ate fruit for the weekend. I wasn't allowed to write. Like it was just me being very present with myself. It was an incredibly profound weekend that I feel like I'm still integrating and it's been probably a month and a half since, since I, since I did that. I feel like silence is incredibly helpful in any person's healing journey or any person's just journey in general, because when you're able to get quiet, you are letting go of all of the stuff that you have been consuming and you're just sitting with yourself. It's an incredibly intimate experience. The silence gave me space to listen what was going on inside and what I needed. During that that time period, that three-day time period where I was silent, the first day was very much like removing the static, not listening to anything, not hearing anyone else's voices or opinions or I need to do this or like listening to podcasts or reading books or consuming information online. It was just like an, ah, oh, like I can relax. Like I don't have to like consume anything. I can just be with myself and it felt very good. And the second day was actually like the really, it was the most difficult day for me. The second day is when I really like faced a lot of scary parts of myself. I became like the observer of the observer of my thoughts and my thought patterns and things that I were, that I was holding on to. So it became like this very, very intimate experience where I really reconnected with myself and I was able to let go of some very heavy things that were actually blocking me from really seeing my potential and my unlimitlessness as as a quad right or just as like a human being in general and there was just this really big block that i that i really had to work through and let go of 
And that was really difficult and painful to experience, like those emotions coming up. Third day was kind of like starting to integrate that. And in, in the last two days, I actually, the two days of my retreat, it was more of like, wow, I really dug deeper into really raw, vulnerable parts of myself. And I gained so much deeper trust in myself because I was actually listening to myself. I gained deeper respect for myself and really saw more of my own value. In the meditations, I began to get a clearer vision of my path forward with my business and the work that I'm doing with human design. And I was able to just really directly connect with my intuition without any of like that static or anything else around me saying, this is how everyone else is doing or this is how you should do it. All of that was gone and I had that direct connection to to that flow, to, to this space where I could connect to this unlimited field of creativity. Ever since then, I don't know how to like turn it off. <laughs> like I just feel like I'm constantly connected to myself. Like I know that if I get inundated with work and like consuming too much information, I just come back to a place of silence. My top three healing intuitive tools that I have been using recently are mirror work, vocal toning, and just movement in general. Mirror work is honestly like it can look different every single time that I do this, but it can just be simply sitting in front of my mirror and just allowing my higher self to come up or be connected to my intuition and just allowing my voice to speak and to share while I'm like watching myself because it's being reflected back to me and then the power of my voice as a manifester. I'm hearing that and these words being said. Sometimes I do this when I'm having a really emotional day and I'm crying and I'm sitting in front of the mirror and I'm just giving myself a big hug and I'm like looking in the mirror and saying, you are so loved, you're so valued, like you're so incredible and amazing and just allowing these words to come up for me to really hold space for myself. And then um, vocal toning is another thing that I do. There's honestly not really a lot of structure to this. It's simply like I feel like there's energy trapped inside of me and I will do vocal toning or I'll just let sounds come out of my mouth. Sometimes that's when I'm crying or I'm feeling emotional. Sometimes that's just me waking up in the morning and doing vocal exercises to warm up your, your vocal cords. You can find thousands and thousands of these on uh, YouTube for free, and it might take 30 seconds to 10 minutes, depending on how long that you wanna do it. But that for me is very helpful just to release energy and to really strengthen my voice and to clear any blockages I might have in, that, in the throat space. And then um, movement in general, I would say whether it's exercise, to me it's not necessarily structured exercise. A lot of times I'll turn on music and I'll like half exercise, half dance. Sometimes it's like getting up after sitting on the couch for a while and, and sitting and working and just literally shaking my body out like um, you might see an animal might, might shake their fur when, when they're wet. And so those are very like intuitive things that I do for myself personally 
that are very healing and that just help ground me and like bring me back to a more centered space. Definitely being near the ocean is such a healing experience for me, especially this past year I've been in such a big transformative period of my life of really coming back home to myself, really healing my inner child, coming back into alignment with, with who I am, getting very comfortable with what that really looks like and letting go of all of the old. The ocean to me, is just this constant movement of life. It's it's taught me so much. It's like it's such a mirror to me that's helped me to accept myself and be at peace with a lot of parts of myself. When you think of the ocean as like this constant moving, I don't want to say being, but it's just a part of nature. And sometimes the water is flat and sometimes the waves are a little and sometimes they're crazy and wild and scary and there's storms and I've learned to just look at the ocean and just fall so deeply in love with it, but then also realizing it's such a mirror to me and my emotions, especially being an emotional being this past year has been a lot of, there's been a lot of deep healing for me to learn how to work with and how to accept and love the emotional part of me and what that really means and what that really looks like being near the ocean, it feels very comforting because I feel like that's mirrored back to me and it's helped me to accept these aspects of myself and not reject them. And just seeing the power of the ocean and being around the power of the ocean, but also knowing there's so many gentle, loving, gorgeous, beautiful aspects of the ocean. Like it covers most of our planet and it's this beautiful, soft, body of water that carries how many memories from the ocean or from the the rain and from people that are going into the water and it's consuming the memories and the frequencies of the people and it's holding that and all of the animals that that live in the ocean like it's so deep and so full and as I'm like saying this out loud I'm like oh my gosh it's so reflective of like being a quad ride as well. And so the waves in the ocean just remind me of this depth and these waves of like who I am as an emotional quad right. And it feels very comforting to be near the ocean because of that. There are a few things that I'm working on right now. The first one being my podcast that I just launched. That was such a fun project for me to work on and to be creative, to put out into the world. And so I'm really excited to continue to share more of my experiences and what I've learned from them and how I've grown. And then I'm also working on a series of audios and courses And I don't really like to say courses, um, just basically materials that are going to help manifestors and quad rights. And so that's going to be in the form of um, meditations and videos and things that I'm going to offer on my website. So that's something that I'm working on creating through this year and next year. I don't really have like a timeline um, as far as when those are going to be finished, but I've gotten a lot of downloads about all of these things that I want to birth into the world that are based on my experiences and the creation of my own unique methodology from being tapped into myself and healing and stepping more into my sovereignty and being able to share that. And so that's going to be shared through a variety of different different ways. 
I currently offer human design blueprints, which are an in-depth review of a person's human design chart. It goes over how to read your chart, the centers and your channels and your incarnation cross and also deconditioning prompts to help you actually integrate and experiment with this information in your life. I also offer one-on-one sessions that are one to two hours long where we can dive deep into your chart or a partner's chart or a composite chart. And then I also offer three to six month mentorship journeys. I mainly work with quad rights and uh, manifestors at the moment but I am a four six. So I do get a lot of referrals of people who are on my fractal that I just adore and love to work with. I'm also, I have an open G and I have that 35, 36. And I know that my business is constantly shifting and I'm always going to be exploring new things and wanting to share that with. So my audience is definitely not just limited to manifestors or quad rights. And in the future, I will be offering guided meditations, audios, and courses as well. So keep an eye out for those. You can find me on YouTube at Nina Elise. There is a ton of free human design in yoga videos on there. You can also find me on my podcast. It's called Receptive Impact. And you can find that on pretty much any podcasting platform. My website is nina-elise.com. And lastly, you can find me on Instagram at Nina Elise H. And that is where I post most of my free content and uh, upcoming information about podcasts and YouTube videos. Thank you so much, Nina, for being here on the podcast, for sharing so generously of your wisdom, your stories, your insights. And I'm really grateful that you're here. And I cannot wait for other quad rights out there to be supported by our conversation. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I was so excited when you reached out to me. It's always really incredible to connect with other quad rights and see what they're up to and how they're operating in the world. Uh, There really is not a lot of information out there for quad rights or anyone who has all right facing variables in the human design system. I really love that I've been able to observe and watch you and the creation of your art and seeing how your receptivity has been infused in the way that you live your life in flow and the way that you create your paintings. It's been really beautiful to watch. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe or share it with someone who you feel could be supported by this episode too. And if it resonates and it feels right, it will be amazing to have your review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app so that this episode and all of these other episodes can reach those who need it too. If you're looking to create a soothing, calming haven for your home, I invite you to dreamsasaurus.com where you'll find meditative paintings made with earth and plants and soothing art courses to come home to your inner being and creativity.